Amen, amen. You can be seated. Well, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad to share with you uh, this morning. You all doing good? You feeling awake and alive? Last week, you got an extra hour. You got to fall back, so you're thankful when you have to get up and get to work. You got that extra hour of sleep. That's a miracle in and of itself, right? So I'm excited this morning. We've been in a series on the Holy Spirit, and as Pastor Joyce shared last week on the Spirit-filled life, I think we all can agree and we desire to have a Spirit-filled life. We want to walk in the Spirit. We want to know the person of the Holy Spirit. And I pray as we've been discussing and looking at different angles and perspectives that you've been encouraged and that you can know that you can have charismatic power in your life to fulfill what he has called you to do. So this morning, um, and here for the next few weeks, I want to look at different spiritual gifts, different things of the Holy Spirit that we see in God's Word that are gifts that are deposited to you and I. Anybody like gifts? Come on, we're getting around Christmas. We're packing 100 boxes of gifts Wednesday night. So gifts, we love it. And uh, I'm excited because I believe there are gifts for you. And if there are gifts in your life that you know that the Holy Spirit has revealed to you, I pray this morning that you're encouraged. Now this morning, I'm, what I want to focus in on, and it's all of our favorite subjects to talk about in church, but it's money. Everybody said amen. But I want to talk about money in a way that we don't really think about it. You know, we know in, in Romans, a spiritual gift is revealed that... Uh, the gift of giving, but it just doesn't stop there. It says, if you're gifted with the gift of giving, then give generously or give liberally. One of the core values that you would see in our church, if you go online, there's 10 of them. There's 10 values that I believe uh, help guide us as believers to be all who God has called us to be and how we work and operate and flow in community. And one of those is irrational generosity. I think I'm with the right group of people, but if you're a Christian and you see what God's word says about giving, that makes you irrational because it does not make sense to the world. What that means is if you're irrational, you think, you believe wholeheartedly that you're better off with 90% than with the 100%, right? That you give the tithe, you give that 10% back to God, and then you trust him with the 90% that you've been given. I would think that's a little irrational if you were to talk to people who don't understand giving. Now my heart this morning is as we look at giving, wherever you are at on your journey, I want you to know as your pastor here that I'm coming from an unbiased standpoint. Anyone here, I personally don't know what you give. I don't see what you give. I don't know any of that information. And I choose to do that so that I can approach these kind of things unbiasedly. So you can't think, well, is Pastor Garrett talking about me, or is he trying to say this or that about money? That doesn't exist here. So my heart is that we would get into God's Word, and wherever you are on your journey of giving, of understanding generosity, that you would allow God's Word to challenge you and to encourage you. Because giving is a sacrifice. Those of you who do give and understand giving, wherever you're at, it is a sacrifice a lot of the time to bring that 10%. Me and Bree have been in places where it's like, oh my gosh, if we give this, we've laughed and joked about this intercessory prayer that if you were to do your budget or you were to write all the bills that need to come out at the end of the month and you were to write it out on paper, 
you get to the end of that line and you see what's coming in and what's going out, you're like, dear God, it, it does not make sense. Anybody ever been in that place before? When you put it out on paper, it doesn't make sense, but somehow God provides and he shows up because we trust him. Because here's the point, the foundational point of giving that we have to get across, which why God gives us the spirit of giving is that we don't trust in money, we trust in God. God, Money is not our source, God is. And as believers, as just human beings, money is something that's so dear, something that we work for. I was talking to someone here in church, work 75 hours a week. A lot of you work hard for money, to provide, to do the things that you know to do. But we see that, and you should be encouraged, that we don't live in the system of this world. We live in the kingdom of God. I was talking to someone else where, and maybe you can identify this, if you work in corporate America or in a workplace that the majority of people aren't Christians, if chatter starts going around where, oh my gosh, the stock of this company, or uh, they're, they're downsizing, fear can start to stir up in you because something is changing in a company. Well, the good news is all of that can be happening happening in the world or in that company, but there should be a peace within you that I operate in the kingdom of God. No matter what this or that company is doing or the decisions you're make, that that company is making, I can have a peace and an assurance because I work and operate and give in the kingdom of God. Have you ever been in that place where there is a peace and there is an assurance in your life because you operate in the kingdom, not in the ways of this world? Again, I want to be upfront with you as well. This is not going to be a message where I'm nudging you saying, the church budget's a little low this month, so we're going to be talking about giving. That's not that at all. You know, I think the place that we should know about money the most and talk about the most is in church. We should know what God says about it because it consumes a lot of our life. So if it's something that can be so consuming in our life, then the church should be loud about this subject because we want to operate and flow in the way that God teaches us to handle our money. And how, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, I want to get into the scripture and for you to see it for yourself. So are you ready to receive this morning and learn about irrational generosity? Kenny, if you put our generosity point up on the screen, this is what the value says. It says, as a church, as Gathering Place Church, that we genuinely believe it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we seek opportunities to express our love to God by sacrificing our time and by sacrificing our money. How many of you know it's a sacrifice? You serve here, it's a sacrifice. When you give, it is a sacrifice. I want to look at scripture and this is God really began to stir this within me. Uh, Wednesday night when we had a time of prayer we came together and we prayed for great grace and great power to touch and fill our lives as it did the early church but I want us just to take a second and look at the early church because that's where we saw there was great grace and there was great power and what we desire we want to be like that church because there were signs there was wonders there was miracles you, you read the, the early church and you read Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4, you saw as those churches and those communities would sell everything and say, hey, if there's anyone in need, it's right here for them to come and take. And I was thinking about that. If we were to all of us just to sell everything we had and liquidate it, bring it to the church, I can tell you everyone in the community would hear about it. They would rush in. There would be a stampede here. 
we wouldn't, we wouldn't know what to do. But what I want to look through that, and I want to just read these scriptures so you can see it, is don't look at necessarily what they did, but the attitude of sacrifice that they did it in. So look at Acts chapter 2, verse 43. It says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. There was unity in the church. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. That's awesome. Such a, a beautiful way of sacrificing. Acts 4.32, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul. Again, we see the unity that this church was in. Neither did anyone say that any of these things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. So they didn't have this mindset, it's my clothes, it's my house, it's my car, it's my iPhone. You know, there wasn't this sense of entitlement or there wasn't a sense of this is mine. But there was that sense in that community that, hey, mi casa su casa, right? And there was a heart of generosity you would see in the church. It was a lifestyle. It wasn't just something they did, but this was the lifestyle of the early church. So we just read 432. Look what comes next in, the, in this passage of Scripture. And as I was reading this, God started to show me, man, this is linked together with having great grace and great power. Look what it says next. It says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each as anyone had need. So again, you see there. And I was thinking, man, if we want to have miracles and healings and the power of God in our church, is it correlated to this level of bringing a sacrifice to God, that you see the early church, that they lived a lifestyle of abandonment, that God, whatever I have is yours. And understanding money and giving God's way is as simple as this. This is irrational thinking as well, is that it is not my money. I'm not the owner of this. I'm the steward of it, or I'm a manager of it, that what God has given me has blessed me, and I'm going to manage it and give it and live it God's way right? We want to use our money and live it and give it God's way. So you can see a correlation that this level of sacrifice, could this be a connection to having great grace and great power in their gatherings and them as a church? And so I just began to pray about it. And again, this whole message came about through that. That as I look at my finances and I look at my life, that I, my prayer for myself and my prayer for you is, again, that I would live and give the way that I see, the way that we see in God's word because it's in that place. You, here's the thing. Here's another point. You cannot put a price tag on the blessing of God in your life. Nothing else is worth selling it for. The blessing of God in your life, it marks you. It changes you. And it puts an adrenaline in your veins to continue to run after it. Here's another disclaimer. The blessing of God... I, the cheapest thing I think that God can give back to us is money. Think of it this way. Would you rather have a big house or a shiny car, or would you rather have a house full of peace, a house full of joy, a house full of love? Those things there 
man, that's the blessing of God. Yes, he blesses us financially, but for so long and so many I've talked to, especially my age, it's just when they think blessing of God, it's money. It's money. It's money. When I give, it's just money. It's so bigger and fuller than money. Again, it's a part of it, but we can't take, it's with anything of God, you can't take the big puzzle and just pull a puzzle piece out and say it's just all about this, right? It's about this one little piece right here. And so in your giving, it is connected to every area of your life. What do we speak blessing over? Spiritually, physically, socially, and financially, your giving is connected to every area of your life. And again, we can't put a price tag on the blessing of God because it's, it's what changes us and marks us. Amen. That's good, Pastor Garrett. Thank you. <laughs> and so we see, again, this great grace and this great power, that there's this connection you see through sacrifice that was upon the early church. In my heart, you know, I think when we give a lot, a lot of the times we don't look, what are the benefits of it? So many times we just hear, oh, it's the, that point in the service where I feel a little guilty and I need to give something if the bag goes by because I don't want to see the person next to me, they're giving, but if I'm not giving anything, you know, I, I don't want them to think that you know, I don't give. You should never feel guilted into give. And that's my heart for you here too. Even if you're new here or if you're visiting, this is, you know, don't feel guilty like you have to give. And I don't want you to ever feel like you're manipulated here, that you're guilt-tripped here into having to give money. But what the heart again behind this is is, I pray that this is an invitation into seeing finances and money God's way. You want to see it God's way? You want to get a fuller picture of money God's way this morning? Let me see your hand. Come on, stretch it up in faith, right? That we want to see it God's way this morning. And before we go any further, keep your hand lifted up in the air. I want to pray for great grace and great power over your life. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that as we saw in the early church, there was great grace and great power. Father, we ask for that in this season of our churches. We put our hands to children's ministry, as we put our hands to serve, as we put our hands to preach and to teach and to evangelize. God, as this church is on the move, as we're growing, we're going to reach people with the power of God. We ask right now with our hand lifted in the air for great grace and great power. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. Y'all ready to go a step further now? You know, another thing about giving, how God set it up, it's really not for him. It's for us. He gives us, it's an invitation to an opportunity to see him show up and show out in your life. You know, I can remember where I started to see this move and operate in my life. When I was 19 years old, uh, there was a time in my life when I really felt God dealing with me about the tithe and about offering. And you guys can connect in your stories and in your journeys of when God dealt with you about this. At the time, I was starting this little side business, if you want to say, of just going out and getting free stuff and then selling it. it sounds like a pretty good business plan, right? Yeah. And so I had found, came across this opportunity where when Pizza Huts were going out of business, y'all remember that? When Pizza Huts were changing a lot of their business models and getting rid of these big stores and downsizing. And there was a couple Pizza Huts I came across where they were basically giving everything in their stores away. They just wanted someone to come and get it. Well, my wife, Bree, she was looking for all these different opportunities. She's like, babe, there's a Pizza Hut giving a bunch of free stuff away. I'm like, let's do it. So within the next day, 
we were headed there with, we worked out a, a deal, and we were headed there with trailers to go and get all the stuff from Pizza Hut. Booths, tables, thousands of dollars worth of stuff. The whole connection there, I could tell you that, of how it was a God opportunity to go and get the stuff. And I still do a lot of this stuff even today. But we go to the Pizza Hut, and we're loading everything up, and as we load one trailer up, and we're taking it, we were storing it in a storage unit, and I kid you not. And again, this is where I was trusting God. God, teach me how to tithe. Teach me how to give. Whatever I make on this, I want to tithe and give because I want your blessing and your provision upon my life. And so as the trailer's loaded, we're pulling into the storage unit. I don't even get past the gate. I don't even rent the unit. I'm just sitting in the parking lot about to go inside. There's a guy in a truck that gets out. Don't know the guy. Never seen him before in my life. And he comes up to me and he says, hey, what are you doing with all this stuff? I said, well, I just got it from uh, a really clean, awesome-looking pizza hut. No, I'm kidding. I was honest. Yeah, I just pulled it out of a pizza hut, and uh, I'm just putting it in a storage unit and hopefully going to be able to sell a lot of this stuff. And he's like, really? Well, this is kind of funny, and God is my witness. This conversation, this is how it went. He, he said, well, it's kind of funny because I'm here getting some stuff from my restaurant that I'm about to open. And he said, the last thing that we need is booths and tables and chairs. That's all that was on the truck. <laughs> and so he sees it, and, you know, he's looking around at it, and he said, well, what do you want for it? I'm like, is this really happening right now? I haven't even got into the unit, put it online, all this kind of stuff. And before we left, he wrote a check, put a down payment, and bought everything that was on the trailer, and then stuff that he hadn't even seen yet. And in that moment, I knew... Okay, God, I get it. I see it. And what was neat is we went and we had some stuff that was left over. And uh, I was talking with a mentor of mine about giving and about tithing and talked a lot about connecting the dots. That you can't just, again, look at one piece of the puzzle. You have to look at all of it and put it together and see how God moves and works from your children to your marriage to your finances to spiritual breakthrough in your life. And this is what was neat because this is what I, I feel sealed it. And again, God can do this for you. This is how it operated or worked in my life. Is I remember as we had uh, like 10 tables left, I turned one of the tables over. And guess what? In crayon, someone had wrote on the back of one of these tables years ago at a pizza hut. It said, connect the dots. God is my witness. It said that on the back of that table. And so it was really at that point in my life that I said, man, God, I trust you with money. I trust you with finances. I trust you that when I put you first, because it was previously then I was tested several times on if I was going to give. Because there was that, you know, when there's that rub, okay, God, am I going to give here? Am I going to not? I need money to pay a bill, and I don't know. So God showed up and showed out. I believe he wants to show up and show out when you do things his way. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. It says, and I, I, when I read this, I'm like, man, this is our church. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, our church excels in faith here. Your gifted speakers or your preachers or your teachers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, look what Paul says. But I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. Paul wants us to excel and understand what it means to give. I was doing uh, some word study and Figuring out, okay, what's the emphasis in the Bible that if I was a new believer and I were to pick up my Bible and see and read through it and see what would stand out and shout out at me, 
Here's how many times believe is in the Bible. 272 times. If you read the New King James Version, believe 272 times. Pray is mentioned 371 times. Love, Bible's full of love, right? 714 times. Now give, this is what stood out to me. Give is, give is mentioned in the Bible 2,168 times. It's a big difference. You know, I was even thinking the basic scripture of our faith that we all learn as children and that we cling to is what? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he came up and showed up with us on Sundays every once in a while or that God so loved the world that he came and he taught us. No, God loved the world so much that he gave. The heart, the very heart of the gospel is irrational. What's the closest thing? When God got in his pocket, the, the very thing that was near to him, he didn't write us a check or he didn't build this big synagogue for all of us to come and worship him. God gave us the closest thing to his heart, which was his son, his own flesh, and his own blood for you and I. So generosity, something that does not make sense, is at the very heart of the gospel. You know, I was also thinking a lot of you parents, I see as you parent and as you love your children, as you love your grandchildren, the things closest to you that you love the most usually cost you the most, right? I see how you lavish, just love upon your children, and even in a serious way, you sacrifice to send your kids maybe to a um, a better school, or you sacrifice maybe getting um, a nicer car so that your kids can play sports or something that they enjoy or they love. You sacrifice so that someone else or your grandchildren or children can have something better. The same is with God. If we love God, how many of you know that there's a cost or there's a sacrifice that's attached to it? And I want to look as you see the even in the Old Testament of those that would come into the church. Look at Exodus 34.20. It talks about the sacrifices. Now what we need to know about the sacrifices in the Old Testament, it wasn't about the pigeon or it wasn't about the animal. Again, it was about the heart and the attitude that went into the sacrifice. But look what it says at the very end of Exodus 34.20. It says that no one may appear before me without an offering. What we see being set up here and what we're going to look into here in a second is that giving is an act of worship. Giving is not something we do as a capital campaign or to build beautiful churches. Now, all of that is the full picture of it, but the heart of giving is an act of worship for you and I. When we give, we worship God. Thank you. You know, I was thinking too, there's something so sweet. I can, when there's weeks where you just feel that you've been to hell and back, that's been so tough, you've been trusting God, there's, you figured out a financial something happened in your life or a death in your family or an addiction that one of your children just, exp- whatever the toughness of the week, there's something about throughout that week when you choose to worship God regardless and then you step foot into the sanctuary There's something where the Holy Spirit then sees the praise that you're giving him because throughout the week, we worship. Every breath, every step we take, the minute we step up, we wake up to start our day. We make the the initial mindset, God, I'm going to choose to worship you today because worship isn't singing our favorite songs. It is obedience from Monday to Sunday. 
that I'm going to be obedient to your word. I'm going to love the way you've taught me to love. I'm going to give the way you taught me to give. I'm going to serve the way you've taught me to serve. That is worship. And then when we come together in here, he sees our sacrifice of praise and his presence comes. I can tell you the early church, when they would bring their sacrifice and worship God every week and see someone who didn't have clothes, they would take their very own clothes off and give to them, sacrifice what they had so that they could be blessed. When they came together, I can tell you the power of God showed up so strong. People were healed. Miracles would happen. And it was because of the heart of the sacrifice. We talked about weeks ago living questionable lives. That was the questionable lives that the apostles lived is they really cared about their neighbor. You look at even the, the difference in, in how neighborhoods are built now. It's basically how much land can I get in between my neighbor and I? That's just our culture today. So it's trying to see, okay, what was the time and the context of how they sacrificed and how they gave? So we see, look at Psalms 96, 7 through 9. It talks about giving. It says, give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due to his name. Look what it says. It says, bring an offering and come into his courts. When you bring your tithe or you bring that offering, you're not showing up empty-handed. You're bringing something that's a sacrifice to God. It says, O worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. We know through the Bible, and in James 1.22, it says faith without works is what? It's dead. That faith alone is easy, but when you add the works into it, you step into a new dimension of faith, that they both go together, that you can't really have faith without works. And the same is in our giving and in our serving of giving time and and sacrificing in our lives, in our personal lives, in our, our relationships, our family, our children, all the areas that touch our lives. When we sacrifice, we're saying, okay, it's not just faith alone. I'm not just going to go over here and pray about it, but I'm going to get up and do something about it, right? That the both go hand in hand. And so there's something when we give and when we bring our act of worship, we participate and our faith in our works at the same time. So there's three things real quick that I want to go through that I believe giving blesses or the benefit of giving in our lives. You want to know the, the benefits of giving? Well, here it comes. And again, this is not something to persuade you if you don't give, but this is to encourage you if you do give. And if you don't give, I pray it's an invitation to search the scriptures and to search God's word of the blessing of giving upon your life. Number one, Kenny, there should be some points back there, is, is giving combats materialism. And everybody said amen. amen. Me and Bree, we just went and visited her grandmother. Um, she had her funeral. She was 94 years young. And uh, we went to have a celebration of life for her. And her life was built in uh, a suburb of New York City. And so we drove there. That's why we weren't here last week to be able to spend time with family and different things. But before we had all the funeral and things, we took a, some time and I had never been to New York to go to Times Square. Anybody ever been to Times Square before? It's an experience all in of its own. So when we were there, if you've ever been there, you know that the second you step 
onto the street in Times Square. There's just screen after screen and everything trying to get your attention to buy this and to do that. And there's, there's artists coming up to you, hey man, you got five bucks for a CD or there's just this uh, market that's happening all around you to get you to buy into something. And I said, man, this is a picture of our world today. And it all is based in materialism. That what our flesh tells us, if I work hard and I make money, then I want more for me. And so when we give, it combats that spirit of materialism that says, the more money I make, the more I can get for me. You know how I know that? Because if you, if you were to go and buy a lottery ticket and you were the, to win the lottery, you said, man, I'm going to get this house or I'm going to get this car, I'm going to do all the... Well, did you ever consider maybe giving? You know, that's usually not the first thing is we want to give, but it's what can I do for myself, right? I know not in this church because we have a heart of generosity and we don't think that way here, right? I'm just messing. But seriously, it combats materialism in our lives. It keeps healthy check checks and balances. We see a, if we have a government that does not have healthy checks and balances, it can turn into something it was never intended to be. Giving is the same in our walk with God. It keeps a healthy check and a healthy balance. You know, a lot of people ask when it comes to giving financially, well, do I give before taxes or do I give after taxes? You know what I would say to that? Well, do you want a before or an after tax blessing? <laughs> I think that's a pretty good answer to that. <laughs> Again, it's not always about the amount. It's the heart that goes behind it. So again, the natural bend of the world and the culture we live in screams materialism, screams get yours first. Look what scripture says. It's in, I like it because the caption is instructions to the rich, which if you live in America, if you're sitting here this morning with a hot cup of coffee in your hand, you are rich. Based off every other country in the world, America is rich and is blessed. And we know that and we thank God for it. But look at instructions to the rich. It says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I love that. God does not want you to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed, but in the context of where you go after the blessing and not the blesser. That's the heart of giving is that you just don't run after the blessings all the time, but you look to the face and to the heart of the one who blesses. Because the blessings are the one, the things that can capture us. And if we don't have that healthy checks and balances, it can pull us off of our destiny. It can pull us out of our calling. Because money has that power in our lives. And Jesus knew it. That's why he talked about it a lot. But again, he, he wants to bless us. He wants us to be happy. You know, another paradox of it is, you know, our world tells us the more I keep, the happier I am. But Jesus says the more you give, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. You know, you think about it this way. If someone were to hire a private investigator to follow you around, right, and see what you spend, see where you live, see what you do, see where you work, see how you raise your kids, how you love your spouse, all the things that are important that Jesus speaks to in our lives, what kind of evidence would they bring back? Would they see a life that, would they know you were a Christian outside of us coming here on Sunday? 
Would they see your day-to-day, your minute-by-minute life and be able to gather evidence that you love God, that you serve Him, that you try to walk in His ways? And I know this is all these things. I've been chewing on this word for two weeks, so it's been piercing and convicting me. And so I pray that, you know, when I think about what is my, what is my mandate or my duty as I stand before you this morning, ultimately, it is to prepare you and prepare myself to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And when we're to give an account of every part of our life, not just one piece of the puzzle, well, God, I did this one time for you, but if, I, if to give an account of every part of our life, that you can walk with confidence into the judgment seat of Christ. Because if we don't understand, again, generosity, then we miss out on so much of what Jesus teaches. And a big part of our faith as believers, and a big part of the, the, the role we can play. Think of it this way. If you give and if you tithe here, and you play an active part, one day, Think, Eileen, when you pass and you go to heaven, I was thinking about this, that there's going to be someone that comes up to you and says, oh my gosh, Eileen, thank you so much. If it wasn't for you, I would have never heard the gospel. And think of it this way. You look back at him. You're trying to recognize his face. You know when you meet someone that knows you, but you don't know them, you're smiling. You're like, God, please give me their name. (laughs) And so you're trying to figure out who that person is. Nothing's hitting your mind. I think that that's going to happen with a lot of us because every, you are a shareholder in Gathering Place Church. Everything that happens here, all the way over in the school to all the way to the powerhouse to rescue Christians, everything that we put our hand to in this church, all of you play a part in it. And all of you receive the blessing of it. That that person, there could have been someone that came here 10 years ago. You, were, you weren't here. They gave their life to God. Guess what? You played a part in that, Eileen. And that's with all of you. You play, have a part to play. And when you give, you're investing into the kingdom of God. Because when you die and you have a funeral service and you go to your casket, you can tell your family, hey, put this phone in there, put this money in there. None of it is going with us. And it's just a cold reality that we have to remind ourselves. That we have to remember what's important and what's, what God elevates as real success. Because our culture says one thing is success, but God describes success in a whole different way. Nothing's wrong with this success, but if it's out of balance and not really touching this, what God describes as success, then you're missing the point. And none of us want to miss the point. And I don't want you and I don't want to go before God and have that convicting moment that, man, I missed the point in my family or I missed the point in my finances or, man, I missed the point in my walk with God. That's why you got to know his word. That's why you have to know his heart. You know, the thing is when in giving or in just generosity in general is a lot of times we would just want to have closed hands, right? Again, when God gives to us It's mine. I worked hard for it. And you can justify yourself in that. A lot of us do. You work hard. But there's something about when you approach God always with open hands, then he knows you can be a conduit and a vessel where he can pour his blessing of finances, 
of love, of peace, of joy, of faith into your life, and then you can go into the world and deposit that into other people's life. That's really what being generous is. But we can't let, when God blesses us, then we run off and say, okay, God, I'm done. I got my blessing. But God wants to, us to be a conduit to go and then bless the world, to go and bless your families. Because parents, husbands, wives, we need great grace and great power to do what God has called us to do. And all, again, all of this is connected. So again, we know that giving combats materialism. Number two is giving is a wise investment. Now, if we were to talk numbers, Jesus talked numbers. The ROI, the return of investment on giving, it's pretty amazing when you look into it. When you just look at the numbers in and of itself, if you like investments, then why wouldn't you invest into the kingdom of God? Look at Mark 10, 29 through 30. It says, so Jesus answered and said, As surely I'd say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold. That sounds like a good investment. Now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions in the age to come, eternal life. There is a blessing for your life. And again, this isn't saying... Well, I feel Bree's holding me back in my ministry, so we're going to split up, and then we're going to, I'm going to go, no. It's saying that if you genuinely are serving God, and there's people in your family that maybe aren't there yet, and you say, okay, God, I'm going to do what I know to do here, but I'm going to keep trusting you and moving forward and believing you, God sees that sacrifice that you're making, and he says that you'll be given back a hundredfold. And so to me, that says, if I give a dollar, well, there's $100 right there. Sounds like a pretty good investment. But again, when you think of money or giving, you can't just think of money because that's where our, our minds always go. So my prayer this morning is that you would be, your minds would be open to a fuller picture that your giving is not just connected to money, but is it, it is connected again to every area of your life that you put your hands to, even areas of your life that you don't even know are operating and working. So giving, again, is a wise investment. And like I said, the cheapest thing that God can give back to us is money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill. We always joke around, God, would you please just sell one? So he owns it all, but what he desires is to give us the great grace and the great power in our lives. And again, that is connected to our giving. You see, as we read in the early church, when after the great grace and power was given, it said that the apostles began to bring things. So we see that great grace and great power breaks poverty off of our lives. Poverty was broken. Poverty was not attached to the early church. Now again, you just can't think of poverty as money. Poverty of joy, poverty of love, poverty of peace that Jesus broke the back of poverty so that you and I don't have to be controlled by it or have to live underneath its nasty roof. But we can come up out of it. Look at Romans 12, 6 through 8. Again, as this is a wise investment. It gives spiritual gifts. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. 
So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out as much as faith as God has given. If, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Here's where we see giving. If it's giving, give generously. I pray for the gift of giving over my life every day. God, give me the, the, the spiritual gift of giving so that I can give generously, so that I can, I can give generously here as your pastor, so I can give generously here as a husband. And again, it's not just money we give generously. It's joy, it's peace, it's faith. It's the, it's the bedrock, really, of the things in our life that really matter. God, let there be a generous heart within me. So we see this as a gift, and again, all these gifts you see, you can ask for because they're gifts. And then he goes on to share several other gifts. Number three is giving blesses my life right now. It touches and blesses your life right now when you give. Look at Proverbs 11.25. It says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. I love that second part. He who waters will also be watered himself. You're going through a time of lack, of need, things going on in your life that you need God to move. The scripture, the wisdom of God says, if you water, you may have a need, but you always have a seed. Whatever your need is, there is a seed in your hand no matter what. When you give, guess what? God says, if you give there, I'm going to water your life. I'm going to touch your life. Have, you, have any of you ever experienced that? You give, you trust God, and you see God supernaturally provide for your life, or you see him come and invade areas of your life that you've been praying and believing and break through there, that the generous soul will be made rich. I was thinking about that. You have to think of the flip side of it. The soul who gossips, guess what, is going to reap gossip. The soul who's angry all the time is going to reap anger. You reap what you show is God's principle of life. And so if you reap things that aren't of the Spirit, guess what? You reap the same thing back. The same as if you are uh, harvesting and giving of the fruits of the Spirit, you're going to reap and harvest the, the, the fruits of the Spirit back. Again, I said, I said a couple weeks ago, this is my favorite kind of math, is Bible math. I love it. I would get an A plus in this. And you would too. Quickly, I want to look at what I believe is really pulls all of this together of the heart of giving we're to have. You might have known the story of the widow's might in Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Now, I was looking, and what was the context of when this was happening? If you go and you look and you read, when all the, the people would come together to worship and they would bring their tithe or bring their offering, the majority would come, and man, they would strut into the church. They'd have their finest clothes on. They'd have their gold on their shoulder. And man, they'd come up, make a scene, and watch everyone as I pour all of my gift into the church. It was a show. It was, look what I'm giving. And again, a lot of us, we have to always check ourselves, where if we want God to move, sometimes we think, God, if you see this check I'm writing then I can manipulate or I can kind of invade the situation and get you to move. That was never the context of what Jesus desired for us to give. And so we see that these 
people would come in of the church and they'd make a show about their giving. And look what it says in Mark 12, 41. Jesus is watching all this take place and he's about to bring truth into it. He says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how people put money into the treasury. And it says that, and many who were rich put in much. You know what I love there? It says, and he saw how. Not what they were giving, he saw how they gave. And then we see the beauty of the widow's might. And then here comes a widow who has nothing. A might is, can be considered to modern day just pennies. And how she comes forward and she gives out of her poverty. She gives out of her sacrifice. I can imagine that the rich men and women who were giving, they were just giving out of abundance. It didn't really hurt them. But there's something about, and if you've been in this place, you can, you can feel it and you know it, is when you give out of your poverty, you give when you feel you have nothing else to give, that's when the heavens open up for your life. And that's where you can see heaven invade your situation. And Jesus, when he saw this happen, he pulled all the apostles and disciples together and he said, this is how you're to give. He made sure that they saw it's not about bringing what you have and making a show of it or trying to get God to move for you. It's when you give when it hurts. Man, that's when God's heart is touched and that's when he sees your sacrifice because giving at its core is a sacrifice. It is worship. So again, it blesses our life right now. And I want to speak practically if you don't give here, or if you've never tried God in it, look what the scripture says, and we share this with you, and you should know it if you've been at church here for any amount of time, but it comes from Malachi 3, 8 through 9. It says, will a man rob God? Now, we, we have to understand really what the tithe is. It says, will a man rob God? It says, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what ways have I robbed you? and tithes and offerings. It says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, I was thinking about the tithe, and again, I want to speak on the offering just really quick, because it is a whole new dimension of giving. If you've gone to church here, and you're a mature believer, then I want to challenge you, because whatever season of life we are in, we should always be challenged spiritually. The worst thing that ever can happen is when we get content, and we feel we just want to settle with God or okay, I'm good, God's blessing me. No, God always wants us to be challenged. So understanding the tithe, the tithe is a tenth, right? We bring the tenth back to him. Now, many of us, we say, man, I, I'm giving to God. Well, really, you're not stealing is how the Bible understands it. When we bring our tithe, we are returning back to what is already his, now, when we have the mindset of an offering and giving, that's giving above the tithe. And that's a whole new dimension of giving that and, and things that open up in your life when you give above the tithe. Just like, for example, when we had an offering for rescue Christians, all of that was above our tithe, where we gave generously above that. And look how we were able to bless and touch families. And how I believe God blessed and touched you in different ways. And so it's really having a right perspective. And I got convicted over this. I'm like, Man, a lot of the times I'm excited, okay, God, I'm, I'm giving, I'm trusting you. But really, when you understand it for really face value what it is, I'm just returning back to him what is already his. 
And so me and Bree began to pray, God, really open up above the 10% what that lifestyle or that dimension of living and giving really looks like. I heard of a family that they were in the same place of praying and trusting God. And this family was praying and trusting God about three years ago. And they began to pray and ask, okay, God, how can we live in this area of giving? We want to stretch ourselves and put our faith out there. And they felt God tell them that every year that goes by, we're going to give an extra percent. We're going to trust God that, okay, this year we want to give 11%. And next year we want to give 12%. Now to a lot of us, and to me, it scares me. Like, okay, that's, thank God you spoke it to them, right? (laughs) But again, there's something about when you take a step of faith I had to take a step of faith in going after Pizza Hut stuff. When I took a step of faith, God is always true to his word and he's always there. We think when we take a step of faith, we're going to fall. And dear God, I wish I never would have done that. But God always says, especially when it comes to the tithe, test me and try me in this. He's basically saying Sandlot style, I double dog dare you. And watch what I do in your life. Watch as the, the heavens open up. But again, it's not in how much you give. If you don't give here, I would challenge you, start at 1%. Everyone can do 1%. And then just begin to work your way up in faith and trust God. And eventually you'll be like, man, I'm seeing God move. A promotion happened in my job. Or man, this relationship with my parents that was so bad, grace began to touch it and to change it and to heal it. I'm telling you, your giving touches every area of your life. Another thanking irrationally is when times get tough, many of us are faced with, with the, the choice, am I going to continue to give or God sees my situation, he understands I'm going to time out with God with my tithe for a while. Just trying to be real. And the thing is that the question we have to ask ourselves and what I ask myself when times get tough is, man, when times are tough, why would the first person I want to cut out be God? You know what I mean? That the irrational way to think about it is he's the last person I want to cut out. But I want to trust him through this and continue to give through it. And again, it's like when you write everything on paper, it doesn't make sense. But there's something that opens heaven over your life and over your finances and over your family and over your job that giving touches every area. Look what Malachi 310 says, it says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, which is the church, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. This is the double dog dare, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. God wants you to live in a place of abundance, but if you never get to a place of giving out of your poverty, you'll never get to abundant living. Because he has to see your heart and test your faith and really see where your priorities are. Because wherever your treasure is, there your heart is also. So if you're not willing to go here, I can remember when I was in college, I was giving my own plasma to try to make it through and I tithed off of it. I just look back at my journey and how I saw God begin to build my faith and I began to trust him. And there was times I stopped, then I got convicted, I said, okay, God, I'm sorry. And I got back and I kept going because it's life. I'm telling you, if you will test him 
and try him, he'll move for you. This is not a gimmick for the church to get money. This is God putting this sacrament or this mystery, this treasure in place for all of us so that we can see him move for you. Michelle, so you can see him move. Delachey, so you can see him move. Nikki, so you can see him move. Don, so you can see him move. Mike, so you can see him move. I could say all of your name. God wants to move for you and fill your life with great grace and great power. And the tithe is all connected to it. Scripture even says that a three-corded string is not easily broken. The early church would understand what are those three components of that string. It's prayer, it's fasting, and it's giving. If you want spiritual breakthrough in your life, prayer, fasting, and giving. When you get those three ingredients going together, baby, it opens up the heavens for you to receive from the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it works. We sing that song, Somebody Testify. We could have people, person after person, member after member, coming up and saying, man, I was in this place in my life. I trusted God. I tithe. I gave. I was even so irrational. I gave above my tithe, and I saw God move in this area, in this situation of my life. Because the truth of it is, God's house should be the most blessed place out of everything. We should be able to have everything we have need of to go and to bring healing into every area of our world. The church should be blessed. And how does he grow and bless the church? Through us, through our giving, through our sacrifice when we give and we trust God. And if you don't believe me, I double dog dare you to go and search it out for yourself and say, God, how can I live a consistent life of giving? How can, I, how can I do it? Show me by your word of what it looks like. And you watch as things begin to change in your life. And you'll, you'll be like me. You're, you're working, you're doing something one day, and God speaks to you, connect the dots. And in that moment, it clicks, and adrenaline hits your veins, and you're like, what else can I give? What can I sell? Because I just want to give to God. You start to become like the early church, where they just were consumed by what they could give God. Because their heart was in the right place. So again, I pray that this is just an invitation. And I pray that those of you who do give, this is an encouragement that God sees your fat sacrifice. Some scripture for reading this read. Go and read Acts 10.4. You'll see Cornelius, how God says he saw his prayer and he saw his alms or he saw his giving. God sees your sacrifice when you give. He sees it and he's blessed and he's moved and he's touched by it. Because he's a good father. He never leaves us empty-handed. If you're in a season where you feel like you're in lack, keep pushing in like the widow with her might because that's the place, the beginning point, where then abundance of joy, of peace, of his love can begin to invade your life. If you bow your head, I want to pray with you. Father, we thank you for giving. We thank you for this principle, this spiritual gift, Holy Spirit, that when you came and poured yourself out on Pentecost, you didn't leave us empty-handed. You gave us gifts so that we could be a church of great grace and of great power. God, I pray for those here that give. God, that you would encourage them. You would challenge them. God, that you would take them to new dimensions of trusting you and of stepping out in faith. God, I pray for the, the heart and the soul that's here that's maybe struggling in their giving. God, that this would be just a reminder or a cold water in the face to say, hey, it's okay to be irrational in your thinking and trust me in the tithe. Just don't give up. Don't bail out just yet. Trust me. Try me in this. I want to bless you. I want to touch you. God, and I pray for the one 
who maybe doesn't give, who doesn't understand it, maybe had a, a bad misconception that this is just something, a gimmick, a Ponzi scheme or whatever, but God, that they would see the fullness of it and they would see that it can open heaven over your life, that you, when we give, we participate in God's economy, not the economy of this world. And everything that is in God's economy is deposited into our account. So Father, we thank you And I pray that breakthrough would happen in this church in all areas of our life, not just financially, yes, financially, but in every area, that there would be great joy, there would be great peace, there would be great love would invade our homes, our workplaces, our marriages, our families, our children, our grandchildren. Holy Spirit, that we give you room. When we give you availability, your ability comes and shows up powerfully in our lives. So God, we thank you and we step out in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. So I want to have just a moment to give. Now again, you don't need to feel guilty. You might say, that was the worst message I've ever heard. I'm never giving. Okay. (laughs) So be it. But for those of you who want to give, who love God, who get the heart of it, or maybe you're here, I'm going to be like what is happening in Malachi I'm going to step up to God's dare for my life, and I'm going to risk it for the biscuit, right? I'm going to risk it and go after it. I'm going to trust God. And so as the ushers come, I ask Christian to sing this song that we love here, that we receive his reign over our life. Because again, heaven opens up when we take a step of faith. This is your sacrifice. This is your offering that you're bringing. Now, if you give online, which we encourage, I want you just to take an envelope and a pen, or if you don't have a pen, you write it in online and just write something that, God, I'm believing for joy in my family again. God, I'm believing for healing. I have arthritis in my wrists and, and knees. God, I need healing in my life. Again, your giving is connected to every area of your life. There's several of you who write prayer requests every week, and we get those and we pray for those and stretch our faith with yours. So again, I want you just to write as Bree was leading us, what is, God, open up heaven. What's the miracle you have? Maybe God has spoke to you in this service. I want you to write it down. And as Christian sings it, I want you just to close your eyes and allow this moment just to go before God and say, God, here I am. Send me. Here I am, I'll go. Here I am, I'll give. Here I am, I trust you. So let's bow our heads, pray. Father, we thank you. We have an opportunity to give here. God, we, I thank you in advance what you're going to do through each individual's life, how you're going to bless them in every area of their life, that it's so much more than money. But God, we bring our sacrifice of praise to you. We give when it hurts, and we trust you, Father, because you're true to your word and you're a good Father. I pray you bless each and every one who gives here this morning because we are a part of the kingdom. And everything that happens here, God, is accredited, is deposited into our lives. So God, we thank you for the way you set up the kingdom and that we get to play a part of it and we receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.